This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Going to roll right into uh, a story here that we mentioned on last night's program and we never got around to talking about. It's uh, yet another development that you might be seeing soon, or actually, maybe you won't be seeing it, but it might be in existence soon at your local airport. Okay. We all know that since, uh, of course, 2001, the airport security situation has been completely federalized. Uh, It is the TSA, the Transportation Security Administration, as it is called, uh, that is entirely in control of your uh, security experience at your local airport. Right. And I don't know how good it was when it was in uh, the hands of the airports, but I know that it's not very good in the hands of the TSA. They miss somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 to 60% of guns, knives, bombs, parts that are, uh, you know, they try, that they test themselves on. Right. And it just, I mean, there's story after story of just awful things happening to little old ladies and pregnant mothers and small children. Right. And people For nothing, in, really, because right. they don't actually keep us safe because they miss so much. And people in wheelchairs. I mean, they just, they harass people. They're rude. They mm-hmm. don't care. It's security theater. Yeah. And and yes, they don't really keep you safe. It just looks like they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really what they're effectively doing is slowing everybody down, inconveniencing people. And, and then there's the subtle factor of they're sort of, they're getting people um, used to being searched, and they're getting them used to being ordered around and Prepping pushed us around. for a police state, perhaps? Yeah, it's like a police state in the airports, and it's getting worse on the outside of the airports. Now, this story is about the airports and what we're going to be seeing soon. Now, it also kind of ties into something that I had suggested. Oh, I don't know. It's probably been at least a year since we originally read the story about the Russian airport security people. You might recall this, Mark. It was like a couple of years ago, maybe, that the Russians were talking about bringing lie detectors mm-hmm. into their airports. Wasn't it they, like they hooked it up to your finger? and Just as an old school lie detector kind okay. of thing, yeah. Uh, so they were going to bring lie detectors in, and they did that, and I believe they, they might still have it going on over there. Obviously, this isn't a Russian show, so we don't really keep too uh, close of tabs on what's happening there. Ah, comrade. Uh, but, it, um, but it made the news. And I said, well, you know what happens is usually these governments, they see one government doing something tyrannical and they say, hey, why don't we think of that first? Let's bring that over here and try it out. So I suggested that this it wouldn't be too long before we'd have lie detectors in American airports. One year. Here you go. From the Herald. Now, this is actually in uh, over in the United Kingdom. The check-in staff want to know if you have a bomb in your bag, but you're more worried about your, uh, that your partner might have been cheating on you. What you both need is a mind-reading machine, a way of peering into their heads and seeing their thoughts before they're articulated. Not only does that machine now exist, it's being touted for airports, police stations, and even workplaces. Don't even think about lying. The brain box in question is officially known as a functional magnetic resonance imaging detector, a medical device which companies in the U.S. are now marketing as a lie detector, claiming accuracy of 90 to 100 percent. Now, again, this is an article from the U.K., but it's about what's happening here in America. 
I wonder why our uh, news agencies haven't said anything about it. <laughs> That's a good question. No wonder, then, Gag order, perhaps? that oh, law enforcement agencies, including the FBI, CIA, and the U.S. Defense Department, are pumping big bucks into what they hope will be the successor to the polygraph. Now, the polygraph's pretty old. Pretty old technology. Yeah. Magnetic resonance imaging, uh, imaging, that's not the newest of tech, but applying it in a lie-detecting fashion, pretty new. While the polygraph measures the stress that telling a lie causes, the MRI-based devices purport to measure the lie itself. Sections of the brain light up on the scanner the moment a lie is formed in the mind. It sounds like science fiction, but the machine is already working its way into the justice system. Earlier this year, a Scottish woman who claims she was wrongly convicted of child abuse used the machine in an attempt to prove her innocence. Susan Hamilton of Broomhouse, Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh serves, served three years in prison after allegedly giving an eight-year-old girl potentially lethal doses of salt. Ms. Hamilton, 43, was acquitted of attempted murder but found guilty of assault to the, to the endangerment of life. She's always denied being responsible for the high levels of sodium in the child's bloodstream. As a part of a campaign to clear her name, she took part in an MRI or fMRI lie detector test as part of a Channel 4 documentary, Lie Lab, earlier this year. The result was remarkable. The scan was consistent with someone who's telling the truth. Although this research doesn't prove that this woman is innocent, the scan clearly demonstrates that her brain responds as if she were innocent, said Professor Sean Spence from Sheffield University that's leading the UK research into this, uh, this field. He said the research provides a fresh opportunity for the British legal system as it, is, as it has the potential to reduce the number of miscarriages of justice. Ms. Hamilton's legal team is already planning an appeal. It remains to be seen whether a court will consider the fMRI results, but if they did, it would set a fascinating legal precedent. Spence is not the only one who believes in the power of fMRI. In the United States, two companies are already competing to market lie detection services. But does the science support their claims? Are they being truthful when they say that their machine can spot a liar? fMRI works by measuring blood oxygen levels in the brain. Your brain is made up of lots of different areas which do different jobs, such as generating language and retrieving memories. There is no one part of the brain which acts as a dedicated lying center, but more than a dozen studies by Spence and others have suggested that forming a lie produces a milliseconds-long burst of bloodstream activity in the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain associated with decision-making. Thus, in theory, to detect a lie, all one need to do is establish a baseline reading for truthful activity by asking a subject for statements which are known to be true and then begin interrogating while watching for any deviations which might indicate a lie. And that's how they do it with a lie detector. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about this and with the TSA getting a lie detecting device. I read an article. It was probably two weeks ago. It was in the major news. I can't tell you. It seems like a New York Times article, but I can't tell you for sure where I read it. I didn't read it on air. Um but they said that that people tell four to five lies inside of a ten minute conversation. But people on tell, average, on average. Um, now I would assume what they're saying are you know inconsistencies in truth. Uh, they were talking about leaving things out. Uh, you know all kinds of little inconsistencies, not the big lies. You know like hmm. I didn't kill your brother or something like that. But I wonder how this is going to work with the TSA. I mean, are they going to, how many false positives are they going to get if they ask you, do you have anything, any contraband in your bag? And, you know, suddenly uh, uh, the, the person's mind pops to, uh, I, my, 
my wife's uh, feminine hygiene devices or something like that, and mm-hmm. bang, you know, I think, oh, I shouldn't have those. Real quick, just just for a millisecond, is that going to set off their machine? Is that going to have me? I don't know. Pulled to the side? Are they going to frisk me and search me and treat me like a criminal because of it? Well, they claim that it's pretty accurate. Uh, reports claiming up to ninety and even one hundred percent accuracy. Many scientists doubt those results will prove recl- replicable outside the lab setting. Spence believes fMRI evidence should be allowed in courts, but only once enough clinical trial work's been done to pin down the statistical accuracy of the tests. Saying, I don't think that there's any doubt it will be better than the polygraph, given that we have only been working on this for six years. I think it's amazing that we can see areas of the brain that light up while lying. That's only going to get more refined as time goes by. Of course, the drawback of MRI is the sheer bulk of the scanner, not to mention the time delay in analyzing scan results. What the security agencies really want is something portable and instantaneous, a pair of X-ray specs, perhaps. Incredibly, this isn't so far-fetched. According to an, uh, thanks to an invention by Professor Britton Chance of Pennsylvania University, we're already halfway there. His cognoscope uses near-infrared light sensors mounted on a Velcro headband. Standing next to a subject, Professor Chance is able to measure blood and oxygen flow in the brain just beneath the skin. What he's looking for is a little blip just behind the forehead that indicates a lie, explained Spence. After 9-11, the Defense Department became interested in Chance's work. In a test on soldier volunteers, the device correctly picked the liars, though it also recorded a false positive. It sounds laughable at first, said Spence, but it's certainly scientifically possible. What's not funny is that this is taken very seriously in America. This is the technique they're thinking of applying at airports. And, of course, you don't necessarily have to be aware you're being scanned. You could be asked, did you pack your bag? He's aiming for these to be rolled out at airports, and I think that is quite worrying. 800-259-9231. Now, that's the expert saying that he thinks it's worrying. I happen to agree. And as you suggested, Mark, what about the false positives? What will happen to the people that are determined to be liars who actually aren't liars? What sort of uh, just nonsense bureaucracy and uh, just awful things will they be subjected to as a result? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are for free. So enjoy them on us, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And movies, lingerie, and marital aids, adameve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off if you enter through adameve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. So we just uh, finished giving you a story from over in the United Kingdom, which is weird, as you said, Mark, because why aren't we seeing these things reported in American press? But uh, nonetheless, they are pointing out that there have been some interesting developments in the world of lie detection. The magnetic resonance imaging machine is being channeled into the world of lie detection. They're going to possibly be installing these things after they've they've still got some work to do, basically, because they're kind of bulky at the moment. Uh, But after they've installed these things, there's a chance that you could be at an airport, some TSA bureaucrat asking you questions, and you could be being scanned without even knowing about it. They could be scanning your brain 
checking for lying without your consent or knowledge, and then, you know, as you asked, Mark, what happens when a false positive goes down? What happens when they screw up? What happens it's when gotta they... It's got to happen. I mean, they, it's probably going to happen more times than we can count, but... Right. What happens when they think you're lying, but you're not actually lying? Are you going to end up in what we've heard uh, called as the, the orange room, where they take you into this scary uh, place where you're all by yourself with these government bureaucrats asking you even more questions about your travel itinerary? Uh, itinerary. Shining the light in your face, and, and they have ways of making you talk. Right. Well, you, you know, that whole thing. Right. If you lied about one thing, then you must be hiding more information, and who knows what they're going to try to do as a result. And... It's just disturbing to me. I'd like to hear from you as far as what you feel about this, if you think it's a good thing. you know, Are you somebody that thinks we need to be uh, asking every single person that gets on an airplane a series of questions to determine whether or not they're lying, uh, to determine whether or not they're hiding something? And if so, then how long is that going to take as far as backing up the lines and making the whole process even more arduous and time-intensive than, uh, than it currently is? So I'd like to hear from you on this at 800-259-9231. Or if you want, just give us one of your stories from uh, being in the airports of America and how you've been treated uh, by these government bureaucrats. Did you get one of their little special screenings? What was that like for you? I, I, would I know it happened to me. I, I got one of their special screenings, and uh, they said they were going to have to you know, pat me down and all that stuff. And I said, I don't want you touching me. And if, from that like statement... That. From that statement, I was surrounded, surrounded mm-hmm. by, I think, seven law enforcement officers, some local police, uh, some TSA agents, a dog. Uh, you know, the whole thing, it was it was a scary, scary ordeal. Why? Because I didn't want my person touched by one of these government bureaucrats. Well, and of course, all of this is in the name of keeping Americans safe when, as we've seen study after study shows, their, their own tests show they can't even catch their own bombs uh, that they try to smuggle in. So it's just not working. And the fact is, even if someone were to get on an airplane with devious intent, they wouldn't get away with what they were trying to do because Americans just simply won't stand for it anymore. They're not going to just sit by idly as someone tries to hijack a plane. Which right. Before 9-11, me- uh, the worst thing that was going to happen was your plane was going to be hijacked. You were going to spend the afternoon on the tarmac in Havana or something like that, and and then you'd go home safe and sound all in one piece. But even when the people on uh, what, Flight 91 found out what was going on, mm-hmm. they rushed those guys and took them down. Now, they only had box cutters, but... You know, there's. Uh, I, I just don't think that uh, that Americans are going to stand idly by. I don't think and so either. Which pilots is... aren't going to let um, let it happen either. We've been tricked one time. They they hijacked planes. They flew them into buildings here in America, and it's not going to happen again. Well, which is Perhaps exactly they could why bring a bomb and blow up the entire plane. But don't you kind of take some of those chances a little bit when you get on a plane? I mean, you're taking some kind of chance. Well, the fact that uh, it's not going to happen again in the sky is yet another reason why I would expect if there's going to be more terrorism in America. It's going to be on the ground. It's going to be, you know, some sort of maybe vehicular-based explosion, uh, you know, a la Oklahoma City, that sort of thing. I would agree with you, but the TSA isn't really keeping us safe, and the um, the fact that their own red team uh, proves time and time again that they can't, that the TSA cannot find guns, knives, bomb parts, and those kind of things that they're trying to, uh, they're testing themselves on. The solution, of course, they know when the tests are coming too. Right. The solution, of course, is to turn airport security over to the airlines themselves, or at least the airports and. 
and uh, and allow them to handle it and set whatever policies they think is best based on market demand and consumer demand. But I say I say passengers with their own uh, with their own guns and subsonic rounds would uh, take care of this whole hijacker. That's problem. how I would run my airline. But let's go to the phones and talk to Sam in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Sam. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I think that uh, MRI machine would be uh, very very dangerous because it's only a matter of time before they start asking questions to find people who are maybe political activists or something along those lines to pull those people out of society. Who knows how they would use this? I mean, certainly police departments would want to get their hands on stuff like this. And then there are laws on the federal level. I don't know if it applies in uh, on the state or local level, but maybe there are. Uh, we know for sure that there are laws against lying to federal cops. Uh, so they can lie to us. Cops can tell lies all the time, all day long, and they never get in trouble for it. In fact, they're trained to lie. Uh, so they can lie to you, but you can't lie to them. And if they discover that you're lying, then there's a federal you know, felony charge for you. Yeah, and then they're constantly pushing their bounds out. I flew out uh, to Atlanta on Thursday and back Friday. And TSA George has called in before about uh, how they've expanded out to now it's TSA agents that are checking the IDs all the time, whereas that used to be airport personnel. Yes. So I experienced that for the first time, and flying as a selectee, of course, where I don't show ID. Mm -hmm. uh, I went up to the first guy, you know, explained that he asked for my ID. I explained that I don't have any ID to show, and he just said, "You don't have anything, not a credit card, or you know, something." Da -da -da. He went through a list of items, and I said, I, "I don't have anything to show." And he just he said, "Boy, pull your wallet out. You got a wallet?" I'm like, "Yeah, pull your wallet out." I'm like, I'm not going to consent to any searches, sir. And uh, eventually he just he said, look, you're going to have to go back to the airline and work this out because you're done here. Huh. And uh, he just, I, I started saying some things back to him saying, you know, look, here's all my other tickets where I've done this before. I do not have to have ID. It's, a, it's not a federal law. And uh, he didn't really, he just. Just making I, up his own rules. I felt like a homeless person that was just <laughs> completely ignored. Wow. And, you know, he can do that because he doesn't have to worry about customer service or right. any anything that a private company would care about. Right. You can't pull your business away from the TSA if you're upset with how they treat you. As long as you're someone who has to fly for a living, there there's some level of uh, obedience that you have to show. How did you end up getting around this? I mean, obviously, you got your flight, right? Yeah, so I just I went and pulled one of the uh, dividers up and walked down to the next uh, security checkpoint and gave the lady uh, my boarding pass, told her I didn't have any ID, and she let me ride on through. There's one thing you can count on from government. It's inconsistency in the application of their rules. <laughs> absolutely. Um, you know, true. That, that's absolutely true when it comes to uh, government officials. Unfortunately, they're not all on the same page. Uh, it would be nice to at least have consistency, and you don't get it. Sam, thanks for the call and the story. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Is there anybody out there listening to Sam's story that's upset by the fact that he didn't show that government bureaucrat identification? Did you know that you don't have to? 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is your show. It is the Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> 
is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got updates. Get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Uh, you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Wow and amaze your friends with a new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke, smoke rings 12 feet. It's the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your Zero Blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. 800-259-9231. Uh, so, in other news that I guess is tangentially related to the TSA situation, since no one really wanted to apparently talk about that, uh, we'll go to Ron Paul. You might have heard of him. He is uh, actively running as a presidential candidate on the Republican side. But he doesn't really fit the mold of those other Republicans very well. In fact, he's more of a libertarian than he is a Republican. But Mm -hmm. he is a Republican, and he's won ten terms in Congress as a Republican. So that's how he's running for president. And it's a good move on his part because if you run as a libertarian, no one pays any attention to you. People just don't (laughs) vote for you, right? It's not that they don't vote for you. No one pays attention to you in the first place, so people don't even know who you are to possibly vote for you. Right. Uh, Because the media, they they do their best to black out... Candidates like Ron Paul, if they have the, the term libertarian uh, under, or, you know, next to them on the ballot, whereas if you run as a Republican or Democrat, then for some reason you deserve coverage. Anyway, uh, they're still trying their best to black out Ron Paul, and uh, this isn't really in regards to his campaign. It's something, a little speech he gave before the House of Representatives, actually earlier this week, appearing at LewRockwell.com, and it's in regards to what they're calling the Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act. H.R. 1955. We've had some people call in about this on the show, and I figured, well, it's it'll be interesting to hear what Ron Paul has to say, because he's kind of close to the whole government thing, and he knows how it all works up there. And, uh, you know, it's it's basically an act that, uh, a, a government law that is is aiming to prevent U.S. citizens from being violently radicalized and turned into terrorists, because that's not the, apparently it's the the apparently foreign terrorism isn't the only thing that's scary to these government people. Uh, they want you to be frightened of your next door neighbors as well. So they want you to be worried about your kids and your uh, friends of your kids and that sort of thing. Ron Paul uh, says, Mr. Speaker, I regret that I was unavoidably out of town on October 23rd when a vote was taken on H.R. 1955, the Oof. Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act. Had I been able to vote, I would have voted against this misguided and dangerous piece of legislation. And uh, Ron Paul is known uh, colloquially there um, in the House as Dr. No, because he votes no against anything that he considers to be unconstitutional, um, that you know the, 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 the wise are wise rulers in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. decide to come up with. And, well, this is unconstitutional. This is a, a policing issue that, it, at the very least, should be handled at a state level. He says this legislation focuses the weight of the U.S. government inward toward its own citizens under the guise of protecting us against violent radicalization. I would like to note that this legislation was brought to the floor for a vote under suspension of regular order. These so-called suspension bills are meant to be non-controversial, thereby negating the need for more complete and open debate allowed under regular order. It's difficult for me to believe that none of my colleagues in Congress view H.R. 1955 with its troubling civil liberties implications as non-controversial. There are many causes for concern in this bill. The legislation specifically singles out the Internet for, quote, 
facilitating violent radicalization, ideologically based violence, and the homegrown terrorism process. And, you know, the politicians hate the Internet because it's pretty much an uncontrolled environment. They don't they, they would love very much to be able to control it. And they don't know exactly how they're going to go about doing it. But the. They're going to try a bunch of different things on their crackdown. Right. Well, last night we were talking about the uh, the government getting into the world of regulating the Internet. Uh, this uh, The issue we were discussing last night had to do with another piece of legislation that has passed overwhelmingly in the House and is now moving on to the Senate that addressed the issue of uh, child pornography and essentially expanded the definition of child porn to include drawings and paintings and things that don't actually have anything at all to do with real children actually being harmed. And this wasn't even just children. It specifically said teens. So, you know, what's a drawing of a teen? Well, it also included uh, photos of young people that were clothed as well. Right. So if they were in so-called lascivious poses. And again, you know, who's Go going to, to determine this? <laughs> who's going to determine what is and what is not lascivious? Well, it's going to be the government people and not us. Anyway, uh, that was that was one of the ways that they're sort of getting their foot in the door as far as regulating the content on the Internet. And this H.R. 1955, this Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Prevention Act, is another foot in the door. They're going to say, well, you know, whoa, this uh, Internet thing and its free speech, I don't know, not in this America. You know, Mark, everything changed after 9-11. Apparently, the whole freedom of speech thing has changed, too, because now they want to crack down on free speech online. Now, that's, that's not specifically what this legislation does. It just sort of identifies the Internet as a problem. I don't know if they've actually come up with a solution yet, but they want to. Boy, you better believe they want to stop that free speech thing. Anyway, uh, such language might well be the first step, says Ron Paul, toward U.S. government regulation of what we're allowed to access on the Internet. You know, kind of like how China... You know, they put controls on their Internet over there. Mm. That's what we want in America, right? To be more like China? Red, red China. Such language might well, uh, again, say be the first step. Uh, are we for our own good to be subjected to the kind of governmental control of the Internet that we see in unfree societies? This bill certainly sets us on that course. This seems to be an unwise and dangerous solution in search of a real problem. Previous acts of ideologically motivated violence, though rare, have been resolved successfully using law enforcement techniques existing laws against violence and our court system. Even if there were a surge of violent radicalization, a claim for which there's no evidence, there is no reason to believe that our criminal justice system is so flawed and weak as to be incapable of trying and punishing those who perpetrate violent acts. This legislation will set up a new government bureaucracy to monitor and further study the as-yet-undemonstrated pressing problem of homegrown terrorism and radicalization. Right. More lazy bureaucrats that we can never fire, ever. As he points out, it will no doubt prove to be another bureaucracy that artificially inflates problems so as to guarantee its future existence in funding. But it might do so at great further expense to our civil liberties. What disturbs me most about this legislation is that it leaves the door wide open for the broadcast, or excuse me, broadest definition of what constitutes radicalization. Could otherwise nonviolent anti-tax, anti-war, or anti-abortion groups fall under the watchful eye of this new government commission? Assurances otherwise in this legislation are unconvincing. In addition, this legislation will create a Department of Homeland Security-established university-based body to further study radicalization and to contribute to the establishment of training, written materials, information, analytical assistance, and professional resources to aid in combating violent radicalization and homegrown terrorism. Ron says, I wonder whether this is really a legitimate role for institutes of higher learning in a free society. 
Legislation such as this demands heavy-handed government action against American citizens where no crime has been committed. It's yet another attack on our constitutionally protected civil liberties. It's my sincere hope that we'll reject such approaches to security, which will fail at their stated goal at a great cost to our way of life. You know, whenever the government fails, there's no one to hold them accountable. Nope. They just fail and demand more money. And well, right. They can fix the problem if you just fund their uh, bureaucracy evermore. Which, of course, they never do fix the problem. They always need more money. There's always something else that, that they need to do. So, now, this particular legislation, as I understand it, from the discussions we've had with some of our listeners on the air over the past uh, several weeks on this show, does specify that violence has to be a factor in that Getting on the radio and advocating that you not pay taxes isn't necessarily going to run you afoul of this violent radicalization, homegrown terrorism law. But it's coming close. Anything that could be perceived as anti-government could very well eventually, with more slight modifications to this program, be categorized as violent radicalization. I mean, we're... It doesn't specifically go that far in this piece of legislation, but it's not much of a stretch to go from here to there. You see where I'm coming from yeah, on that? I, I, I can see it. And, and again, you always have to remember that when it comes to government programs, and this one creates, as Ron Paul points out, a whole new bureaucracy. When it comes to government programs, they never stay the same. They start... They always grow. Yeah, right. They start in one frame of mind, and then they keep expanding out into new areas of uh, controlling your life. So you can just watch and wait, and you'll see it happen with this one, too. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those. On us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then just go shopping with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You're going to have to go shopping eventually. You've got to buy stuff to live life, and it is that holiday buying season. You're probably looking for gifts and that sort of thing. Why not get your shopping done on Amazon.freetalklive.com? No need to go into the stores and deal with the parking and the angry customers and the angry customer service or whatever. Uh, just go to Amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter through that link, Free Talk Live. Gets a percentage. Sound money's under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious, uh, precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to libertydollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's libertydollar.org. As always, you can bring up anything. 800-259-9231. Quick story uh, from... New York. The AP reporting a teenage suspect who secretly recorded his interrogation on an MP3 player has landed a veteran detective in the middle of perjury charges, authorities said Thursday. Unaware of the recording, Detective Christopher Perino testified in April that the suspect wasn't questioned about a shooting in the Bronx, criminal complaint said. But then the defense confronted the very detective with the transcript it said proved he'd spent more than an hour successfully trying to persuade Eric Crespo to confess, at times with vulgar tactics. And you know what's interesting, Mark? Hmm. It seems like we talk about, we've certainly read our share of corrupt cop stories on this show. 
whether it be them confiscating somebody's marijuana and you know selling it on the black market or there have been so many different episodes of police corruption planting it's, marijuana on people right it's always just fascinating how many of these guys are veterans of the force I mean, you'd think it always that, makes you wonder, how, you know, how long have they been doing this? Right, right. You'd think that maybe some newbies on the force, you know, not knowing how everything works, are going to come in there. Sure, and, it's they're, they're they're working among law enforcement. How could a law How could our law enforcement be so inadequate in catching the people that are right there around them every single day? It'd be one thing where I don't deal with a police officer. Almost almost never do I deal with police. But and of course I'd be able to fly under their radar. But mm-hmm. these are police officers working among police officers, right. and they do it for years and years and years, decades sometimes on end. So uh, it's just fascinating. Again, this is another veteran detective who's been caught lying, now facing perjury charges. He said he wasn't questioning. He didn't question this kid, but the recording says he did it for over an hour. Once the transcript was revealed in court, prosecutors asked for a recess. Defense attorney Mark DeMarco said the detective was pulled from the witness stand and advised to get a lawyer. Perino, <laughs> who's 42, was arraigned Thursday on 12 counts of first-degree perjury and faces as many as seven years on each count, prosecutors said. He was released on $15,000 bail. His attorney didn't immediately respond to a phone message seeking comment, and the New York Police Department spokes bureaucrat also declined comment. The allegations put the safety of all law-abiding citizens at risk because they undermine the integrity and foundation of the entire criminal justice system. Well, that's what the district attorney said, but in my opinion, the whole system's been undermined for a long time. This is just more evidence to just heap on the mound of existing evidence that corruption rises through the ranks. We've heard it from from former police officers and current police officers who will tell you, if they're being honest with you, that the corruption is everywhere. If you're talking to a cop that gives you the, the usual line about, oh, well, it's just a few bad apples, most 99% of cops are good guys, he's one of them. He's one of the corrupt guys. That's, that's my opinion, based on what I've heard, and I can tell you, I've known a former NYPD detective. I believe that's this very same department. I've known one of them, and he told me straight out, I asked him, how many of your co-workers were you aware of were corrupt? Every one of them. Yeah, he said he wasn't aware of any of them not being corrupt. And yep. we had a guy call in uh, last last night. This is big departments and small departments. We had a guy, or not last night, but uh, a couple weeks ago. Couple, it's been a couple week weeks. A so. week or so, yeah. You could hear his little radio in the background. Maybe mm-hmm. he was saying the same thing. And it's very upsetting to the good guys because they actually want to make a difference and help people out, but they're surrounded by criminals with badges. Anyway, this uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now here's the story: uh, Officer Perino had arrested the young 17-year-old Crespo on New Year's Eve while investigating the shooting of a man in an elevator. While in an interrogation room at a station house, Crespo, who at that time was 17, stealthily pressed the record button on his MP3 player that he happened to have with him, as many young people do these days. Uh, which, according to him, was a Christmas gift. After Crespo was charged with attempted murder, his family surprised DeMarco, which is the, the attorney, by playing him the recording. I couldn't believe my ears, said the lawyer, who decided to keep the recording under wraps until he cross-examined Perino at the trial. Prosecutors then offered Crespo, who had faced as many as 25 years if convicted, seven years if he pleaded guilty to a weapons charge, and he accepted. Hmm. So, 
I bring this up for a, a couple of reasons. These uh, weapons charges always bother me, too. I mean, here's the Second Amendment of the United States that says the right to ba- um, keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, doesn't it say after that, except in New York City? I don't think it says that in New York no. City. No. New York City still in the United States, and that's still the United States Constitution's hmm. Bill of Rights. Well, there's that issue, but the reason I bring it up is to point out that having these devices on your person whether it be an MP3 player with a recording feature, and many of them have a recording feature these days. Uh, MP3 player with a recording feature, cell phone with a camera, cell phone with a video camera. Having these devices on your person can, be the, can mean the difference between, you know, prison and not. can mean the difference between their word versus yours. Now you actually have some evidence of what you've been saying, because people have been saying for years. Right. Now imagine for a second that he didn't have this evidence. He'd have gone up the road up for 25 years. Yep. Yep. So people now, have been I don't saying know if he years. deserved it or not, but, th- you know, the cops shouldn't have lied. That's right. People have been saying for years, though, Mark, that, you know, cops are corrupt and they're lying and they're, you know, they're liars and that's not true what they're saying. But the cops always get the benefit of the doubt. Always. So it's, it used to be your word versus theirs. Now it's your word and your videotape or your audio tape versus theirs. The other question I have, though, is about New York's laws, because there are some states that say you have to notify someone that you're recording them. In many states, what this young man did, the 17-year-old, by pressing, surreptitiously pressing the record button on his MP3 player, he was violating the law right then. Now, I don't know what New York's laws are. I presume that they wouldn't have allowed this evidence in had that actually been uh, against the law. As far as I'm concerned, if you're in a public place uh, or you're dealing with a public servant, mm-hmm. you should be able to do that. I mean, as far as Not tell I, them? We're paying these people. We should be able to record what they're doing. Well, believe it or not, here in New Hampshire, the so-called live free or die state, there's actually a law that specifies that you have to inform people if you're if you are recording them on audio. Otherwise, recording. it's a felony. Yeah, <laughs> that those laws need to go away, or they just need to be disobeyed. Because the fact is, even if you're going to break that law, I say better to have the evidence than to not have it at all. Better to have something because even if you can't admit it in court, you could certainly take it to the newspaper or television station or radio show and get it out on the air and and get it into the public. Yeah, they'd certainly like to have it. I mean, if you're already facing charges, what's another one? If you're looking at 25 years, what's another felony on top of that uh, for recording that situation? So highly recommend that people who are concerned about encountering these bad cops and Maybe you just maybe you're completely untouchable and you think that everything's fine in your life and you're on the up and up and nothing bad's going to happen to you because you're not breaking any laws or doing anything wrong. I hesitate, you know, I caution you to uh, to be careful about how you think about these things because these cops can do anything, virtually anything they want to do, and they can target you for pretty much any old reason they want to. In many cases, you might get targeted because they made a mistake. Right. Last week, uh, some cops uh, busted in a, a deaf guy who was uh, taking a bath right. and uh, tased him. because He was in a towel, mind you. Yeah. Um, tased him because they thought that he could be going for a weapon Right now, the, in his the, own home. Right. The call was a shooting Dripping call. Dripping wet in a towel. It was a shooting call, but no one had been shot. It was just a, either it was a mistaken call or a malicious call. But as a result, this guy got shot with a taser by the cops because he couldn't hear what they were saying to him. So that's one example. And then there's just example after example. And you can go to theagitator.com. To actually, I think there's a map there of all of the police, uh, the, like these SWAT team efforts where they're kicking down people's doors in the middle of the night. And oops, we had the wrong house. Oh, so sorry. We set your house on fire. That has happened. People have, have lost their homes because the police have made a mistake. 
And, of course, the reason why they're making these mistakes in the first place is because there are these stupid laws in this country that say, you can't gamble, you can't smoke marijuana, you can't have prostitutes, and you can't do things that are consensual, that aren't harming anybody, that you're deciding for yourself what to do. It's right. because of the war on drugs that most of this crap is happening in the first place. Vice crimes have destroyed the Fourth Amendment. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up anything. Uh, the atheist, Michael Newdow, he's after the uh, Pledge of Allegiance and again the currency again. We'll uh, give you the latest on that case and hear how you feel about it. Should uh, Should the government remove In God We Trust from the currency? Or is that the wrong question to be asking in the first place? We'll explore an hour or two coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves on this, the live Saturday edition. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Starting things out this hour, of course, we'll go to your calls if you make them about whatever you want We'll talk about the atheist who made a bit of a name for himself a few years back, Michael Newdow. So this is the guy that wants to take uh, In God We Trust off of the money and uh, uh, One Nation Under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, right? That, that is correct. He just wants to, I think, just take Under God out. Uh, any references to God on government stuff should go away, uh, according to Michael Newdow. And he's still at it, according to, uh, this is Fox News, or actually the Associated Press, an atheist seeking to remove the words under God from the Pledge of Allegiance and U.S. currency is taking his arguments back to a federal appeals court. Michael Newdow, a Sacramento doctor and lawyer, sued the Elk Grove Unified School District back in 2000 for forcing public school children to recite the pledge, saying it was unconstitutional. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in Newdow's favor in 2000, or 2002, rather. But two years later, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that Newdow lacked standing to sue because he didn't have custody of the daughter on whose behalf he had brought the case. Rich, which really a cop out. Somehow or another, the rest of uh, the courts in America decided that he did have standing, mm. but uh, the United States Supreme Court didn't, and it's because they didn't want to rule on um, separation of church and state in this issue. Right. Uh, Newdow then immediately filed a, what I could tell. a second lawsuit on behalf of three unidentified parents and their children. In 2005, a federal judge in Sacramento found in favor of Newdow, ruling the pledge was unconstitutional because its reference to one nation under God violates children's rights to be, quote, free from a coercive requirement to affirm God, unquote. The judge said he was following the precedent set by the Ninth Circuit Court's ruling in the, Newdow, uh, in the first Newdow case. A three-judge panel from that court was to hear arguments in the case on Tuesday. The same panel also was to hear arguments in Newdow's case against the national motto, In God We Trust. In 2005, Newdow sued Congress and several federal officials, arguing that making money with the motto on it violated the First Amendment clause requiring the separation of church and state. Last year, a federal judge in Sacramento disagreed, saying the words did not violate, uh, did not violate Newdow's atheism. Newdow appealed. Congress first authorized a reference to God on a two-cent piece in 1864. In 1955, the year after lawmakers... Somehow we managed to make it almost 100 years in this country without a reference to God on our... Uh, on, on our uh, m- money? Apparently how, so. How is that possible? I thought we were a Christian nation. Well, 
not so much. I mean, the first, uh, you know, the founding fathers were a great deal of them deists, not in fact Christians. In 1955, the year after lawmakers added the words under God to the Pledge of Allegiance, Congress passed a law requiring all U.S. currency to carry the motto, In God We Trust. Now, on the surface, I'm in full agreement with Michael Newdow. On the surface of this case, looking at his position, uh, if indeed the government is supposed to be separated from religion, and I believe it should be, I mean, that's one of the primary reasons. I mean, you can argue till you're blue in the face whether this country was supposed to be a Christian nation. And we could go back and forth on that, Mark. I know that you could cite quotes from Thomas Jefferson that, you know, proves that he was a deist, and he wasn't the only one that was a deist. He wasn't a Christian. Certainly Benjamin Franklin, likely Madison, uh, quite possibly Washington, um, quite possibly uh, Adams. But that's really more of an academic argument. You know, one side takes the case, you know, the side right. that, well, this and is Christian, and, and the other side can come no. up with quotes. Uh, you know, till we're all you know, uh, get, getting old. It yeah. doesn't really matter. Exactly. So, uh, so that's not really where I want to come from on this, because it's a silly argument. The fact is, people came here to America, the Pilgrims and the Puritans and the Quakers, or for whoever. religious freedom, because they were being persecuted right. in their homeland for their religious beliefs. Because there was an official state religion and in Great and Britain. I don't see why um, we wouldn't look at atheism like a religious belief. It's the lack of a religious belief, but, you know, similar to it, and, you know, it's in the same arena. I can't say I agree with that. That's fine. Uh, but the fact is, those people that came here to uh, to this country, they came here to get away from state-approved religion. So there is a very firm, very firm basis for saying that in America, the land of the free, the government should should not conflate itself in any way with any religion at all. It shouldn't fund religion. It shouldn't attack religion. It should just stay the hell out. So on that, from that perspective, I completely agree with Newdow. Is he doing something worthwhile? Eh, yeah. You know, he's trying to get the, the money changed, and he's trying yeah. to... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that America is going to be that much better off if we get In God We Trust off of these, uh, you know, funny little uh, Federal Reserve notes that we call dollars. No, I don't think so either. Which brings me to the real question here. The question isn't, should in God we trust be on the currency? And the question isn't, should under God be in the pledge? There are two questions that no one will ask when it comes to this case. And here they are. And you can answer them at 800-259-9231. Question number one, in regards to currency, the real question is, should the U.S. government be involved in creating currency? That's the real question. That's the important question. That's the critical issue at hand. I'd say no. I don't see any reason that the United States government has to back up any currency. Either a currency is worth something or it's not. And, uh, you know, banks can uh, back up their own currency with things of value, be it uh, precious metals or uh, stocks in companies or... I don't know. Um, well, we've talked commodities about commodities of some sort. It would work. We don't know how it would work, but we know that the marketplace, if they were free to actually compete in the on the in the world of providing money, then we'd have all kinds of different options, and the best money would be the most widely used, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a problem. The problem comes in when government is creating the currency. Look, just look at the history of the dollar. It used to be okay when it was backed by silver, but then they took that away. 
because it's the government. They can do whatever the hell they want. It's completely arbitrary. They took away the uh, the gold backing and the silver backing from the currency. And ever since, the dollar has been sliding and sliding and sliding down in value. Go ahead. Look at the look at the recent news about the Canadian uh, dollar coming to match and then even surpass the U.S. dollar. Uh, the, the dollar's at an all-time low, and it just keeps getting lower. It's because the government's in charge. This is the same government that botches everything else up that it tries. What, you think they can handle creating currency? You think they can handle creating the, the medium of exchange, the lifeblood of the economy? You want the government to be in charge of that? Just think about that for there's a really moment. There's really no reason at all for it. There's no reason oh, at all. Oh, there's a reason. Well, there's a reason for the government because to want to do it. Because he who controls the money controls everything. The fact is, there is absolutely a reason for the government to control currency, and There's that's no reason because for citizens to want the government. Right, for you and I. But for the government people, oh man, it doesn't matter if you don't pay your taxes. They'll just print it out. They, yeah, they, they, they've got they, all the money they want. They can right. just print money. That's what's so great about it for them. It's, it screws all of us over. When they turn on that printing press and flip the switch or whatever, it makes the money that screwed. you have worth less. Exactly. It's the, the it's a form of taxation that you can't get away from. So of course government wants that. That's why we've had so many wars in the past hundred years. Because the government can print money. Yep. They instead of having to tax American citizens to pay for what they want, they now have to uh, they, they now have they have the ability to just print money to to fund their wars. Right, because if they were taxing Americans and uh, in order to fund these wars, if they couldn't print money, if they were if they only could tax, then Americans could say, you know, no, that's okay. I'm not really going to... That's all right. not going to pay you. Nope. And if enough Americans did that, they'd be screwed. They wouldn't be able to send out one battleship if they didn't have money coming in. But now it doesn't matter. Now they can just print as much as they want, and then they spend that money with the military-industrial complex. It filters down through the rest of the economy, and prices go up. It's called inflation. And it's inflation is a government-created phenomenon. It's an effect... Of the government controlling money and printing more of it—that's what inflation right. is. Inflation doesn't or occur. Prices rising is an effect. Doesn't inflation occur is. really. Uh, it doesn't does not occur without fiat money. Now I suppose you could bring, uh, you could add a little more gold or a little more more silver or a little more whatever to the uh, the marketplace, and that would I suppose inflate it somehow. But mm, the real inflation really. that we have is when the government just turns on the printing press and it doesn't cost them anything to print a bunch of greenbacks. So again, that was the first question. The first question is, why is government involved in money in the first place? Because if it were the marketplace creating money, you could have all kinds of different things. The Liberty Dollar, for instance, we talked about them uh, last hour briefly. Mm-hmm. They've got trust in God on their currency, private currency. Yeah, you could choose not to to have their currency, uh, simply to, to purchase their currency simply because it said trust in God on it. You certainly could. Uh, so that was my first question. The second question has to do with the Pledge of Allegiance. Once again, the wrong question is being asked. The, que- the wrong question is, should under God be in the pledge? I'll give you the right question here in a moment. I want to hear from you on this one as well. Uh, Your thoughts at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You, as always, can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. More, uh, you can just enjoy all the features there completely free, and they do include the wiki with over 1,450 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Liberty Forum will be held January 3rd through the 6th 
at the Crown Plaza Hotel Resort in Nashua, New Hampshire, with a free shuttle from nearby Manchester International and a special rate for Liberty Forum attendees. This is a sweet deal you don't want to miss. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And if you want to save 10%, use the code 2008FTL. That's 2008FTL. Let's go right into the phone calls here. We'll continue talking about the New Down case here in a moment. Uh, let's talk to Adrian in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, hello. Hey, Adrian, what's on your mind? Hey, yeah, I just want to talk about, um, well, I guess there's a few things I want to talk about. Um, I want to be like the separation of church and state, and then also what you're just speaking about as far as the Pledge of Allegiance. Certainly. Okay, now as far as the Pledge of Allegiance, um, I don't think uh, really under God is really that big of a deal. What I would argue, I'm a Christian libertarian, I would say that the word indivisible is what's wrong with the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, why is that? Well, that's because the way the Founding Fathers uh, made our country is originally uh, a federal republic, and it means federal by itself means, uh, comes from the Latin word foidus, which means covenant, um, and, the, and the whole history has always been decentral, decentralization. It's, I, I would give you that, and I think a state has the right to, uh, a state should have the ability to uh, leave the union if they so choose, if uh, all the people or a majority of the people in Vermont choose to vote to get Vermont out of the Union, then why the heck shouldn't Vermont be allowed to leave? That's a great tanks point. in and shoot I, Vermont? I agree, because government, government gets its power from the consent of the governed. So-called. I mean, that's what they claim. I don't know if it's really true. <laughs> uh, I think the government gets its power because they're willing to wield guns over uh, innocent people. But well, and, and, and also, they control the schools, and they're the ones who teach everybody, and that's how right, we sure. learn. We grew up in a socialized... And I wonder if we didn't have public schools, if we'd have this um, whole thing with uh, the Pledge of Allegiance going on anyway. The Pledge of Allegiance is a strange history, and you can't parallel it to any other pledge in any other country. There's no English Pledge of Allegiance. There's no Australian Pledge of Allegiance. There are certainly national anthems and that sort of thing. Right. National anthems, one thing, but the kids don't stand up every morning and sing the national anthem. That's true. They say a pledge, a pledge, a, a, a like a prayer, almost a prayer to the flag, um, you know, giving their heart, souls, and bodies to the, the Union, which doesn't sound like a free country to me. It sounds strangely nationalistic. And, the you know, if you look at the history of the pledge, actually the, uh, the, the salute to the pledge didn't used to be a, a, your right hand over your heart. It used to be your right hand extended out in front of you in a Roman, Roman salute that looks that is exactly the – it's a very similar salute to what the Nazis used. As a matter of fact, the pledge was written by a uh, guy who was a national socialist. Well, now you've led into my second question, Mark, which is, uh, you know, the Newdow case here. He's saying that, well, the issue's under God. We need to take under God out of the pledge. And, you know, I empathize with Michael Newdow. As, as an atheist, I empathize with that. Uh, but the real question is, why do we have a Pledge of Allegiance? And as you pointed out, Mark... It doesn't exist in any other country. Right. It is definitely nationalistic, and it absolutely is indoctrination. I love how you called it a prayer. I've never heard of it re- uh, referred to in that way, and of course it would be like a prayer. The government absolutely wants people to believe that uh, it is godlike, that uh, government should be that's worshipped. How govern- that's how governs- governments have ruled for millennia, is by placing them themselves in the place of God. So go back and look at who wrote the pledge. It's a man named Francis Bellamy. A dyed-in-the-wool right. Nazi, in case you don't know, Nazi is short for National Socialist. That's what he was. The guy who wrote the pledge. His purpose in writing the pledge was to get young people 
uh, in America to be indoctrinated with these pro-government ideas. That's what the purpose of the pledge is. It's nothing more and nothing less. Your further thoughts, Adrian? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. Um, I, I see Christian socialism as, as really a, a contradiction in, within Christianity, and uh, it, it just doesn't make sense because here you are using force, Right. And Jesus was not a person who was engaged in using force. Right. God uh, put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and gave them the the ability uh, to choose for themselves whether they wanted to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They got that right. option. Um, they didn't. God didn't pass laws and say, um, you know, we're we're going to put you to death if you do so. Well, actually, it did put them to death. Um, you know, in a in a sort of long <laughs> right. roundabout way. But yeah, Christians, God God gave us choice, and Christians, you know, when they have gotten into power here in the United States, have seemed to have as a um, you know general rule, and I'm not saying all of them wanted to. F- Take it away. Their morality on other people. They want to take away those choices in the name of Jesus. In the for, for, well, in first. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I would say I would say after the Civil War that was uh, that was the big turning point. It was never like that from the intending from the beginning. That sounds about right. I'd say the Civil War is probably the big one. So well, how, well, as a Christian, how do you feel about the whole separation of church and state issue? Well, it was well. If you go look at the history of it, it was it was um basically uh, where they get this whole idea from. It was uh, it was a letter. It's written by Thomas Jefferson. He wasn't even in America at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's writing to the Dansbury Baptists because the Dansbury Baptists were worried that there would be a particular denomination that would be over all the other denominations, mm-hmm. like we'd ha- like they had out in uh, England, the Anglican Church. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and so, what the idea was, it wasn't a, a separation of, of of church and state, for instance, but it was it was pretty much you know the, the state does its job, the church does its job. And, that, and that's the best way. Now, the way I see our country going now is not a separation of church and state, but it's a separation of, of God and state. What's that mean? What does that mean? Um, it's, 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 you know, I know you guys are, are atheists and all this. No, no, not Mark's an not an atheist. That. I am. Not an oh, atheist. Okay. okay, well, it would be a fun conversation anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's because, you know, a lot of people, they say, oh, the church, you know, they just want to be in charge of everything, and, and they want to bring in a theocracy. Now, what I would argue is that Every country is a theocracy. There's no neutrality when it comes to uh, morality and what a country is based off of. There's going to be some God. Uh, what we've moved you think morality and, be... and religion is, is inexorably linked? Because um, Ian here is an atheist. He does not believe in God. But I would call him one of the more moral people I know. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well, I would argue that he does believe in some God. I would say he is religious, but I would define religion as a worldview. And there's one philosopher, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but he would define religion as an ultimate concern. And so for a Christian, the ultimate concern would be God. For an atheist, the ultimate concern would, what he believes is ultimately real would be matter in motion. Well, so, I don't know. I mean, it's I, certainly, I think that he could prove that matter in motion is ultimately I think, real. <laughs> I think I, I could certainly have an ultimate concern. I'm with you as far as the ultimate concern. My ultimate concern is uh, with getting mankind to stop initiating force on one another. So, to that end, right, you could a say, I, idea. I see that as a Christian idea. I wish more Christians also saw that as a Christian idea. Yeah, I, I, me, me too. Me too. And uh, um, because it's it's inherently, it seems to me, very unchristian to uh, to force your neighbor to believe as you do and to live life as you believe life should be lived. Uh, it's far, far more Christian to persuade and to simply allow people to come around to your viewpoint 
and give them more information when they're asking for it. And Adrian, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. 800-259-9231. All of these politicians claiming to be Christians. Nah, I don't believe it. As long as you want to use force on others, nothing Christian about you, as I understand it. As I understand the whole Christianity thing, and I went to church. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up anything toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, so enjoy those on us. Those features, by the way, include archives. If you missed a moment of the show, and if you are one of our uh, listeners that's listening on the radio on a station that only carries us on Saturday, you've missed the entire week. So go to freetalklive.com, and you can grab up the archives for free. There's no membership fee. There's no logging in. You don't have to jump through any hoops. You just click and download at freetalklive.com. Do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy. You can pay pennies on the dollar, and your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's a 100% legal, 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to outin90.com. That's outin90.com. 800-259-9231. So, uh, once again, the Michael Newdow case continues on. The Sacramento doctor and lawyer and uh, very... uh, very, I guess, popularly known atheist, uh, Michael Newdow, is uh, going once again, uh, bringing cases into the courtroom and getting some support from uh, from the Ninth Circuit Court as well as uh, a federal judge in Sacramento, uh, getting support basically for his campaign to remove under God from the Pledge of Allegiance and in God we trust from U.S. currency. But as we've been talking about this hour... While I can empathize with Mr. Newdow, and anyone who favors the separation of church and state can empathize with him, the fact is he's asking the wrong questions. And if they can get you asking the wrong questions, then it doesn't matter what the answers are. I think that's a paraphrase of Thomas Pynchon or something. Uh, The fact is the right questions to ask here are twofold. One is, do we need government to create currency? The answer, quite clearly, is no. In fact, because government's been creating and in, uh, in charge of currency and money in this country, uh, is why we've had a uh, why we continue to look at lower and lower standards of living. Because they can just inflate the currency, which in, it makes it, prices go up uh, at the pump and at the grocery store. And uh, if your if your job's not keeping up with the rate of inflation, then your standard of living is going down. And don't believe the government numbers when it comes to inflation. Government wants you to believe that uh, its numbers are accurate, 2 to 3%. <laughs> Try 8, 9, 10% at the very least uh, inflation numbers. Very few people have in, in, uh, investments that are ga- getting that kind of percentage. Uh, a lot of people don't even have investments. So anybody that's not making more than 10% on their investments every single year or getting that sort of raise every single year, you're behind the ball when it comes to inflation, and your standard of living is going down, whether you want to admit it or not. So there's question number one. The second question is, why in the hell do we have a Pledge of Allegiance? It's not not the, an issue of what are the words of the Pledge, Pledge of Allegiance, though those are interesting to take a look at, because the Pledge is socialist indoctrination. It was written by a socialist in the late 1800s. Yeah, as a um, device to sell flags, actually. And if you don't think it's indoctrination, then ask yourself, why do kids have to say it every morning at school? 
Yeah, and they pretty much do have to say it. I'm sure that uh, little Johnny could sit there at his, um, that could go to the principal's office rather than uh, say the the pledge. But man, yeah. you know, it's it really is um, pretty close to enforced. I remember when I was young, and I, I've always sort of had an anti-authoritarian attitude as as long back as I can remember. What a surprise! And I recall being very perturbed about the pledge. Certainly, when I was very young, I did it, but I can remember being in elementary school and starting to change the words of the pledge. You know, just changing words, taking them out, uh, just kind of having fun with it. Uh, and of course. People don't really like that very much. Then later on down the line, uh, you end up getting kicked out of class and that sort of thing for not saying it. So, you know, the idea that you can not say the pledge without any consequences in America is just not true. Just It's just not true. And depending on how nationalistic your teacher is, then you could face some severe punishment for not saying the pledge. You're certainly going to have trouble. Um, I personally like to say the pledge. I enjoy it. It gives me a good little feeling. But um, That's what it's designed to do, Mark. And it's it designed to give you you know, warm fuzzies. Oh, America, the greatest country in the whole world. I pledge allegiance. Well, I, I do think that America is the greatest country in the whole world. But you Really, know, what, would take, what would it take to make you change your mind? Um, a good evidence in the other direction. Um, like you know, what? Some place where there's... Uh, you know, more economic freedom, more uh, personal freedom. But what about what the American government does? I mean, invading uh, other countries around the world with uh, 130 plus countries that our troops occupy, over 700 military bases. Is that the hallmark of a great country? Well, um, there's that's the politicians of this country that are doing that, not oh, the country itself. So when you itself. say America, you mean America the people, not America the government. I mean, yeah, yeah, the 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 land that we're occupying, the people here in this nation, the foundation of liberty on which this nation is built. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, yeah, you I, know, would, the, the, I would agree with you. The, the foundation and the concept the of The huge liberty. amount of innovation that comes out of here, our great work ethic, I, I think all kinds of things are great about America. I agree with you there. I think absolutely the American people, by and far, are good folks. I think that uh, the, absolutely the uh, the foundations of liberty, the principles of freedom, very valuable, certainly something that the the, the world at one time looked toward. Uh, many people around the world look to America. Yeah, so for, much that France gave us a big giant statue saying, you know, called the Statue of Liberty, uh, talking about how we welcomed in the, uh, the the wretched refuse of the world and and allowed allowed them to be free and to create great lives for themselves. Apparently, we don't do that anymore. But the great tragedy of America, however, is its government. Is the fact that the government has run roughshod over liberty. Well, has, that's what uh, governments do. All governments do that. Governments govern. Well, you're right. That is what governments do. Uh, they get bigger and they get bigger and they get more intrusive and more oppressive than they've ever been. And the founding fathers thought they could control it. They thought they had it solved, and uh, that's why they made the Constitution. And it had its checks, you know, it had its checks and its balances, but it just wasn't enough. And it's, you know, might have grown slower than some other governments have, but now it's certainly the biggest in the in the entire world. Yeah, the Constitution failed, and it's up to the American people at this point to put the gov- the the national government back in its place, and uh, you know, to keep a good good eye on their state and local governments too. You take control of the airwaves. We go to the phones, uh, ladies first. It's April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, April. Hey, you know, I was raised in a very atheist family. And I remember coming home in the second or third grade and saying, hey, Dad, they, you know, we say under God in the Pledge of Allegiance, but we don't believe, I, you know, we don't believe in God. And my dad said, well, just leave that part out. Mm-hmm. So I just always left that part out. And, you know, as an atheist, I am not threatened by the fact that it's in there and, you know, and I'm not threatened by the fa- that this Judge Moore who wanted to have the Ten Commandments in the 
in the in the courthouse. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have an issue with it. I don't think it's a big deal. And the people who do, I think, are just trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. I would agree. Well, how and do you? The feel? other thing I wanted to say is, and I had a question. I've been meaning to ask you guys for for a couple weeks. Sure. There was, um, I, I work at a place, and there's a, um, that's my little girl in the background. Yeah, she sounds cute. there's a guy there who just got out of the military, and he believes, he and I get into it over this gun issue, and he thinks that only military and cops should own guns. Oh, geez, a total authoritarian. Is this a, trend? is this a new trend in military thought? Because I used to always think that military people were real conservative and for gun rights and you, you can't make any, you can't make any kind of uh, you know generalization about military people well um, there's of all stripes well I, I think it probably is a newer trend I think you should probably write about that and I think it'd be a great question for our military listeners um, the, the people that are currently in the military uh, people that have recently gotten out of the military what are they teaching uh, the military recruits about guns and, and who should and who shouldn't be able to have them you know the fact That's is there are like people that there are people that get out of the military. I mean, we know, we've talked to them on this show, their listeners, uh, that are absolutely in favor of gun freedom. But it seems like you get kind of two flavors of military uh, members these days. You get the flavor that is liberty-friendly and, you know, sort of in our corner when it comes to freedom. And then you get the total authoritarian controlling freaks. I don't know what the percentages are as far as the breakdown is concerned, how many military members are the authoritarians that you're speaking of, but that's absolutely an authoritarian position to say that only the government Government people should have guns, and you little peons out there in America, you shouldn't be able to access them. It's it's total control, and it's a sickness. Uh, so I don't know exactly what the percentages are, but I think there are a lot of them that, that do feel that way. And the, the really um, scary part is a lot of those military guys get out of the military and go right into policing. It's it's like a it's like a free pass to get into a police department if you've been in the military. So that's another scary thing. And April, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Would love to hear from people currently in the military, maybe recent, uh, maybe you've recently gotten out of the military. What was it like? Um, did you did you experience that attitude amongst your co-troops, your compatriots there, your comrades? 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more about the program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Now, you know those other talk shows? If you've ever been to their website, they want to charge you to access their archives and their forums and that sort of thing. We give all of that away up front. And we just simply say, if you like all of that and you like the show, then send us three bucks a month. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about it. And the purpose of the program isn't to uh, send Mark on a vacation. Uh, the purpose. Wait, of the pr- I need a vacation. <laughs> the purpose is to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country to spread the message of freedom and liberty. So go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll get some perks. All right, you get access to the amp-only call-in line, amp-only chat room forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, we go to the phones and to the fun to Jeffrey listening on WKCT in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live, Jeffrey. 
How you doing, sir? Super. Howdy. What's, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, I'm prior service U.S. Army Infantry. I was in for about eight years, and I can't really give you a heads up on what it's you know, the trend is, as in infantry-wise, this whole gun-grabbing thing in America. Mm-hmm. I got wounded in Iraq in 2004, mm. and I got traumatic brain injury from it. Oh first, thing I did when I, first thing I did when I got out of the military in 2005 was apply down here in Bowling Green Police Department. Well, I made it all the way up to the point of they started interviewing me. And uh, my mandatory from the VA, I had to go see a psychiatrist at once a month, up mm-hmm. and out. And... Um, well, the police department picked that up, and he's like, sorry, sir, we can't use you because, you know, we can't guarantee what you'll do in a shots-fired situation. So I'm like, well, that's understandable. But the thing that I've noticed since I've been out, and especially with this uh, new bill they were putting in front of the Senate called the Veterans Disarmament Act, basically what this act is doing, it's, it's been, it was brought to my attention by Gun Owners of America. It's a good this organization, by the way. Yes, they are. And... This act was supposed to strip the Second Amendment right from any veteran or police officer who has been diagnosed with PTSD, like me. Hmm. And that's scary. <laughs> actually, well, actually, Bill Clinton started it when he was in office. He's put a lot of veterans on the on a watch list for buying handguns and stuff like that. So hold on a second. Let me see if I got this straight. You go and supposedly serve your country, and everybody knows you're really just serving the whims of politicians, but you go yeah. and supposedly fight for freedom, as they call it, and uh, then when you come back, they uh, if you get a little messed up because you saw your buddies die, you know, brains yeah. getting splattered all over you, that sort of thing, you're a little messed up in the head, they decide, you know what, ah, that whole Second Amendment for you doesn't apply anymore, you're done, kid. That's what they're doing? That's what they're trying to do to people? Well, you want to know what the kicker is? The NRA supporting it. Exactly, which is why I say Gun Owners of America is a good organization. The NRA exactly. is is so political. The NRA uh, supports the twenty thousand gun laws on the books in uh, at the federal level. Right. The NRA is not fighting for gun freedom. Not at all. They're uh, at the most trying to hold the line. Yeah. Uh, is is the best argument you could make for them. They're an well, awful brothers, organization. Well, brothers, before I let you go, I'm going to give you a little quote I got from Thomas Jefferson. All right, sure. He basically he basically said that. Uh, the only time you're going to need the Second Amendment is when they come for it. Mm, exactly right. You know, if the and, if uh, the German people had met the SS at the doors with some form of weaponry, whether it be guns or knives or knives rocks or, or something, they could have stopped the Holocaust. But Hitler and, disarmed the German people. Well, the fact mm-hmm. is, the American people have been disarmed, too. They're it doesn't happen it. very often. Certainly, there are areas of this country, like New York City and Washington, D.C., where guns have been banned. But even in areas where guns are uh, have been are still allowed, in uh, like Louisiana, for instance, after Hurricane Katrina, the National Guard came around Wait, and took people's guns from them, and Americans were just handing them over. Okay, whatever you, you know say. What's funny about, you know what's funny about uh, Katrina? I was watching this in my political science class when it was going on, and they sat outside the city for three days waiting for it to divulge, um, fall into anarchy, and they didn't because everybody in town was armed, mm. and everybody knew it was like the old Wild West. You, you was a polite, it was a polite society because everybody was armed. Exactly everybody right. Was sharing everything. Three days later, the National Guard and the police marched into town with a little guest, with a little guest uh, show up or should I say help with uh, Blackwater USA. And it divulged into not anarchy but martial law, and that's what they wanted to see. They wanted to see if, when a major city was put under martial law, if we would have revolted. 
nobody revolted. Very few people did. There were a handful of uh, resistors, and they were kind of allowed to be on their own. Uh, but most of the people did turn over their firearms, and that's yep. a very disturbing trend. And then you started ending up with uh, the, uh, the Jefferson Street Bridge incident, and then you started incidents like... Uh, uh, Superdome and things like that. Right, so. the Jefferson uh, Street Bridge was the incident where there was a whole, uh, just a, a large crowd of people that had found each other and they were traveling together. They came upon this bridge that was, I guess, getting them out of one area to another area that wasn't in such bad shape. Right, that had been safer there. And the uh, the cops from that other side of the bridge had barricaded the bridge down. off. Yep. And uh, shot shot in the air and threatened these people uh, with being shot and arrested if they tried to cross the bridge into relative safety. I mean, this is nuts. Well, they had other situations where they were actually taking um, concertina wire, turning it around backwards, and just sticking on hundreds of thousands of people. Well, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds of people inside of an enclosed area, turning around and walking off and leaving them. It's, it's absolutely despicable. And if anybody thinks the government's going to come to their rescue uh, when it comes to a natural disaster, you've got another thing coming. If you aren't prepared to save yourself and your family, then you, you, might, as, you might as well just starve, and, uh, starve to death. Because that's what people were doing in, uh, in nursing homes and that sort of thing, waiting for the government well, to come and rescue them from the, the floodwaters after Hurricane Katrina. Government never came. Never came, and government wouldn't allow individuals and private charities to come in and go around and rescue people because oh you know no no. What's even worse? Huh? You know what's even worse? Iran, Iran sent power generators to us, had them in the air on the way to help us, and you know what? We said they no thanks. Turned around and sent them back. Yeah. Really? I hadn't heard that because story. Exactly. It's- Google it. Oh, I, be- I believe it. I mean, they turned everybody down. Walmart sent trucks full of ice and water, and FEMA sent them away. Sorry, we've got this under control. No, you don't. You're the got government. People starving over there. You suck at everything. <laughs> Thanks for the call, dude. Good hearing from you, Jeremy. Eight hundred two five or Jeff Jeffrey. Sorry, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Please, please don't expect the government to save you. They talk a good game about it. Oh, yeah, well, well, we've changed since then, see? We're here at FEMA. We've been reorganizing, and uh, we've reorganized. The, it's the, been the biggest reorganization in FEMA's history. And uh, don't you worry. Next time something bad happens, we'll be ready to handle it. Yep, good old mommy government's just, just waiting in the wings to rescue you and save you from the natural elements. Just look at how we did with the fires. Oh, oh, wait, no. Didn't do so good with the fires. So it was government. Fires. It was government programs that caused the fires, and it, well, it's the government programs that caused the uh, government the, land management. The, the problem in uh, Katrina too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the the Army Katrina Corps wasn't, Engineers. A, wasn't a terrible hurricane. It was a class five, hur- um, category five hurricane, but it was the levees mm-hmm. in New Orleans in the first place. It was the local government saying, "Hey, it'd be a good idea to build ten feet below sea level." <laughs> it was the national government saying, "Hey, let's get the Army Corps of Engineers to build substandard levees." Uh, you know, it's the government isn't held responsible. The people who are yep. in charge of those governments should be drawn and quartered. Mm, if, yeah, if you okay. were, if you yeah. were, uh, if, if you were a part of a, uh, a a business that built a levee like that, you would be, be held responsible. You would be in some deep big, ass. big, big, big trouble. But not the government. They're they're immune. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So if you're someone who actually thinks the government's going to come to your aid in the event of some uh, catastrophic occurrence, would love to hear from you. And if so, what evidence do you have to back up your claims? 
800-259-9231. But as usual, Mark, I mean, I always throw the invitation out there, and it's it's very rare that defenders of the status quo will actually call in. Well, the to, government's uh, so incompetent. How are they right? going to defend it? Yeah, exactly. Well, the NRA does a good job, apparently, of defending it. Well, it's okay that they have 20,000 gun laws, but not one. We don't need any more laws. We just need to enforce the laws that we have. Oh, stop it. It's pretty darn clear in that Second Amendment, and of course the the Supreme Court is soon going to be ruling on the meaning of the Second Amendment, pretty darn clear that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. I get it. You know, and I went to government school. I can read that. The Constitution was written in plain English so that everyone could understand it. Somehow we need a uh, big organization of judges, the Supreme Court, to tell us what the Constitution is. We don't. And every time they, it seems to me that every time they rule on it, they, they screw it up anyway. Mm. Because they've, they're political hacks that have been placed in there by political hacks. The presidents place in their, their, um, their, their shills. Yep. 800-259-9231. We've got Elaine and Kevin and Puke all on the line. Ladies first, of course. We will get to that. Air your calls here in moments uh, in hour number three. And I uh, want to hear from you, too. 800-259-9231. Whether you want to comment on separation of church and state, government response in disaster, uh, the police and the military, some of these guys being completely anti-guns uh, as far as the citizens are concerned. Hour 3 is coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch an hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Live Saturday edition. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. And your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does that bother you? It bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. We go right into the phone calls here. Uh, your calls are primary, and ladies come first. Elaine in Florida, uh, listening on WFTL. Hello, Elaine. Hello, how are you? Super. Good. What's on your mind tonight? Um, with some disturbing news from my local newspaper from where I'm originally from. Okay. Bethel Middle School were cited for cookie theft. Cookie theft? Cookie. Yeah. Two cookies worth 50 cents from the cafeteria. Hmm. The police were called in and everything else because this girl had problems in school, so they decided to cite her, which I think is a little bizarre. That does sound bizarre. I can't imagine why they would... Uh charge somebody for a cookie wait a, theft. Wait a minute. I mean, now, that, wait a minute. This now, is a good opportunity to teach her something. Hold but. on. I want to make sure we're on the same page here. Has this person been charged with something or just, you know, given detention? No, she's in school, in school suspension as it was. And they called the policeman because they figured she needed more Oh, my gosh. Trouble. I thought for a moment there that it could have possibly brought the police in on stealing cookies, but... Uh, so she's... Been, how old was this girl? Cookies? How 14 old? years old. 14? 14. Yep. I think that's just out of control. I, I mean, how do you feel about this, Elaine? I think it's quite bizarre, but coming from Bethlehem Area School District, it doesn't surprise me. Because where is that's it? Where I'm Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Ah. 
Wow. That's so that principle was. Now, what is she facing problem. as far as uh, punishment? Is she going to have to go to juvie, a court? I mean, what's she know. looking at? Does, doesn't say so in the article. So they brought it. So she got caught stealing cookies, and they brought in the cops. And mm-hmm. was she arrested? Apparently. Or at least cited, right? Well, it says she was in, on school in suspension already for stealing candy from her teacher's desk when she went through a lunch line and stuffed two cookies in her pocket. The police were called. Now, I can totally, uh, you know, I understand that stealing's bad, and certainly it should be discouraged. Uh, but, but it's to, a good opportunity to teach the girl about stealing, it would seem. Uh, but right. police? Uh, yeah, can't we be a little more creative in our punishments than bringing in the cops on this? I think the police system up there needs to be revamped anyway. Well, the whole police system all across the country is messed up. But, hey, thanks for uh, for giving us the story. And anything else on your mind tonight? No, that's it. I enjoy your show. I talk and listen to it every chance I can get. Thank you, Elaine. Have a great night. 800-259-9231. What a bizarre... I mean, calling the cops on that? Seems weird. It just seems to me that more and more people these days, Mark, I mean, not just in schools, but parents as well, there are many people these days that think that the cops, when you call them in, they're going to solve your problem for you. Oh, my kid. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be at the school. Parents have done this. There was a story where a a kid had, uh, I guess, opened up one of his Christmas presents early, and the parents called the cops in on that. Like, you think the cops coming in are going to solve your problems? Usually what the cops are looking to do is make an arrest when they come in somewhere. There was a time in our our, uh, nation's history when peace officers would do something to scare a kid. Mm -hmm. They would, uh, you know, and uh, I think rightly, take them on a little tour of the jail. Sure, scared straight. Lock them for 15 minutes in a little holding cell or something. Take their shoes away from them. Well, I think the the, uh, convicts took the shoes away. Uh, But whatever, uh, you know, walked them through so that the the, the older convicts could yell things at them. You got a nice pair of shoes there, boy. And things like that. And I think think that that was a good solution agreed arresting giving giving uh kids uh, records yeah can't we just be more creative like oh i don't know take away some privileges don't let the kid uh have access to the computers or something there's got to be something that the kid likes that you can remove from its access yeah at some point or another they're going to give in (laughs) you Uh, know i mean yes i'll I'll grant you the the girl was on in-school suspension but you know, if, if she stays punished long enough, she's going to give up. Also, uh, something that's really lacking in the American judicial system these days, you can find it from time to time, but for the most part, it's very rare, is restitution. The idea that if you destroy someone's value, if you destroy someone's property, something that's theirs, then you owe it to them. Right. You have likely to pay you'll them have back. To, right. Likely you'll have to pay some kind of fine to the state for, for you know, whatever it is that you do. But it's unlikely that you'll actually have to compensate the person that was hurt right. or so, damaged. So in this case, this young girl, not only, sh- not only should you have to pay the person back, but you should also pay back with interest because you've destroyed their value and therefore you need to compensate them for their lost time and the, you know, the fact that they didn't have these things when they thought they were going to. So the teacher in this case thought she was going to have this jar of cookies or wherever candy, they were stolen candy from. in the teacher's case, uh, lunch line cookie. Okay, whatever. The, whatever. They thought they were going to have these cookies, and she stole them, therefore preventing the teacher from doing as she wanted to uh, with candy slash cookies. Uh, so, of course, the correct thing to do would be to have the girl make good. Have her bring in a bag of the same candy and replace the missing candy. 
you know, if there was only a little bit that was stolen, well, buy a whole bag. Bring a whole bag in and replace it, and then we're good. Then we're good. You don't have to bring the cops in for that. And if she doesn't want to comply with that, uh, you know, with that demand, then then give her some more suspension or, you know, make her go out and pick up the school, the the trash that's all over the school. There are other things you can do within the school system uh, that don't involve the cops. But more and more people are picking up the phone and dialing the cops when uh, they need to solve a problem. You know, it's like you don't have to think, right? It's easy to not have to think when you just call the cops. Well, bring them in. They'll solve the issue for you. Why should we put our minds to this? Why should we be creative when we can just use the, the violence of the state? I think it's, uh, it's, really, it's really the hallmark of the uncreative to bring in the government in situations like that. 800-259-9231. Another female. Let's go to Becky in Keene listening on WKBK. Hey, Becky. Hi, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Whatever happens to the phrase, a happy medium Instead of taking everything to an extreme. You mean as, as far as calling the cops and that sort of thing? As far as calling the cops, as far as banning dodgeball in schools, as far as banning tag. Oh, yeah. You know, I hate to say, I hate to sound you know, all you know, defensive and whatever, but we're, we're wussifying our kids. Yeah, you know, my favorite, favorite thing to do in elementary school is to play dodgeball. That was my I favorite, really too. I liked it. You got your aggression out when a teacher ticked you off. I mean, come on. <laughs> I, I just I can't imagine taking that away from kids. I don't know why exactly. they would do that. And it's oh, not like kids won't be mean to one another. They're going to be mean anyway. Right. There's nothing Uh-oh. you're going to do to stop kids that. Kids are vicious, but yeah. you know, give it. You know, let them do something constructive instead of you know, kids getting stuffed into lockers and whatever. Absolutely agree. Of course, getting the government out of schools is a would be a major step towards more constructive solutions. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Be, because if the government weren't running the school, then schools would have to compete. And one of the ways that they could compete is on how they discipline bad kids. Exactly. And, in fact, schools um, in a marketplace environment could get rid of the bad kids, whereas at a government school, they have to take these kids, you know, they have to have these kids at the school no matter what. So if kids are causing trouble, they're stirring it up in the classroom, they're starting fights, yeah, they might get suspended for a little while, but eventually they're going to come back and start it all over again. Whereas Please, in the... kids that got in trouble for fights, they thought it was a vacation. Perfect example, sure. okay? Yep. My aunt got in trouble for cursing out a teacher. Her exact words when the principal told her she was suspended. Oh, good, I get to catch up on my soaps. Then the yeah. principal said, did I mention it was in school? Mm. Oh. <laughs> Very good, Becky. Any other thoughts tonight? Um, the whole thing with the TBI and uh, the military. TBI, what is that? Uh, traumatic brain injury. My okay. fiance actually has one, but he wasn't in the military. Hmm. Um, so everybody with you know traumatic brain injury and things like that—that's the newest dirty little secret in the government. First, it was you know testing and everything in Vietnam. Now it's you know guys with head injuries and all this different stuff. Yeah, a lot of them they aren't calling uh, casualties. So, no. as a matter of fact, 20,000. The, the casualty number is almost right. double because of traumatic brain d- injuries. And uh, exactly. they're using that as an excuse to not treat them as well, right, as I understand it? Yeah. Uh, in the long term. Right. Thanks for the call, Becky. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Because it doesn't fit their very narrow definition of casualty, therefore it doesn't qualify for, you know, the VA coverage. Bring up whatever you want. We've got a former military member on the line. As a matter of fact, we'll get to him and your calls as well about whatever is on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. And this is the live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free. And they include the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And uh, recently been some controversy. There's usually controversy, I guess, on the Free Talk Live bulletin board system. And some people are, are uh, upset that there's not enough moderation. That there there needs to be more rules, more so moderators. More there's some people that are upset that there's too much moderation, and others right. that are upset that there's not enough. Well, and in some cases, it's the same person, which is really confusing. Uh, but the fact is, uh, the Free Talk Live bulletin board system forum, whatever you want to call it, it's a virtually unmoderated forum, and that's what it's supposed to be. And uh, you know, the, some of these parties are concerned that uh, people new to liberty are going to come there and they're going to get frightened and they're going to go away. And, I, you know, the fact is most of you listening will never go to the Free Talk Live BBS. <laughs> the vast majority. How many, and, uh, how many members are there? Eh, 2,000 almost. 2,000. But yeah. how many of them have posted 20 times in the last 20 days? Oh, goodness. Probably less than 20. Yeah, right. Less I than mean, 50. There's, there's a uh, very, very busy segment, which, you know, thank goodness, uh, they make for how many posts are on there? Uh, 300,000 plus. 300,000 posts. Yeah. They've made for a great deal of posts, but... You know, a, a few people come in, look at some things that interest them, and leave, and that's about it. The uh, Free Talk Live forum is just for fun. That's all it is. It's like a, it's like a little virtual sandbox that you can go and play with other people in. It is not intended to be the, uh, you know, the the center of uh, the liberty movement mm-hmm. or to be in some way. Uh, it's at the hallmark of uh, liberty and libertarianism and, you know, anarcho-capitalism or anything like that, a free marketeerism, the voluntarist, none of that. It's just a forum people can come to to talk about stuff. And there's all kinds of stuff that gets discussed there. Many things are, uh, well, a little distasteful. Many things are of an adult nature. Many are, uh, you know, current news stories, uh, sure. very intellectual conversations. It, it really, it spans the gamut. So to think that, uh, you know, if somebody's going to get turned off because they go to the Free Talk Live forum and say, what? This libertarian stuff is hooey. Right. If we were worried about that, we'd write a blog instead where we could control the content yeah. all the time. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned. And no, we're not adding moderators. And no, we're not adding rules. Okay? So there. By the way, you should wow and amaze your techie friends by buying the new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet, and they are the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com as we go to the phone calls and talk to Puke on the line in New Hampshire on the amp line. Hey, Puke. Uh, Good evening, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? I'm also listening live on WKBK 1290 AM here in Keene. Excellent. And um, I was going to comment on the, the lady earlier last hour said that her friend uh, thought that only police and former military and current military should be allowed to own firearms. Her friend who was formerly of the military. Right, right. Um, and she was asking if that's a common uh, that's a common view held amongst military members these days. I don't know if that's a common view, because uh, I didn't do any psychological studies or anything, but I, I do have some anecdotes as to why that's ridiculous. Um, for one thing, whenever people think of military... And I know mostly about the Army because that's what I was in for six years. You know, they only think about the combat roles, like the infantry. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are way more support jobs, uh, secretaries, 
logistics guys, mechanics, um, than there are infantry soldiers. And on average, in my six years, I would only fire my M16 every six months at a range. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, my entire six years in the Army, I never fired a pistol. Hmm. And, and yet, you know, people think, uh, when they think of Army, that you know, they think that uh, they're weapons experts. And I've seen all kinds of um, just frightening, uh, like, safety violations. You know, soldiers just pointing their guns all over the place, oh, not geez. caring, not paying attention. Um and, and you have some guys that are just abysmal uh, when it comes to marksmanship. There was one officer who was uh, a colonel before my last deployment to Iraq, and he he went to the range, and they had recently changed the the, uh, the little guidelines for firing weapons for officers. So he had to use an M16 instead of his M9 pistol. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was out there all day, literally, and he could not hit all the targets. These were like pop-up targets out in the range. Right. And uh, eventually uh, they got some guys out there to shoot at the targets with him. Mm. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> this suggests that, uh, you know, military guys are some sort of perfect sniper, you know, like in the movies or something. They can hit a bird flying <laughs> at 20 miles away with a gun. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. There's There's all kinds of people in the Army, just like there's all kinds of people in the civilian world. And not all of them are cut out to handle weapons. Right. So the fact that they've been in the military isn't any sort of a qualifier uh, to suggest that they have the uh, some special abilities that everybody else doesn't have. No, they're just, you know, you're just assigned a weapon. And the vast majority of the time, the only thing I did with my weapon was carry it around. And it made a bruise on my soldier for or on my shoulder. You know, I, mean, I, hmm. I didn't do anything but clean it and carry it and get annoyed. It was very clean, though, huh? <laughs> no. No, not really. No, I avoided cleaning as much as possible because that was just a pain in the butt in Iraq. I mean, the thing gets dirty, and all I did was uh, carry it around. So. Yeah. Well, that's why the AK-47 comes in handy. That thing you can throw in the mud and pick it up and shoot it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just it's just silly. People, people need who people who want to own guns should be allowed to own guns. Sure. And and it you know it's up to the individual to make these decisions, not some stupid bureaucrat or some some silly person who thinks, oh, I'm better at everything, and, you know, no one else can possibly be as good as me. That's yep. just arrogant. Absolutely agree. Puke, great call, man. Thanks as always. Bro. 800-259-9231. And it's more of that us-versus-them mentality, isn't it, Mark, where, you know, these right. bureaucrats occupy a special place I've in the I've been in the military, so I should be able to carry a weapon, but you're a, you're a civilian. You're an incompetent civilian. Right. You what do you know? To. Well, I know that the Constitution of the United States says uh, that, that the rights uh, to, to bear arms shall not be infringed. And again, the uh, Supreme Court is going to be taking a close look at the Second Amendment. Uh, we will bring you the update on I'll that tell as you, soon I'm as we learn it. Cringing. That's it's either going to be really good or really, really bad. Uh, so we continue here. Though, you know, it really they won't be really good. It. I don't think it really will be uh, very good because even if it's even if it's in favor of the Second Amendment, it's not going to turn around New York or, or any of those other places that have anti-gun laws. Certainly not overnight. They're right. not going to say, oh, well, we were wrong this whole time. Let's Probably just... they'll make a ruling on D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. specifically because D.C. Is, is a federal zone. Right, a federal zone as opposed to a state. They may very well. And th- they'll just dodge the issue of the Second Amendment. Entirely. In fact, who knows? Maybe the ruling will be that, uh, well, because D.C. is a federal zone, the Second Amendment doesn't apply. I disagree. Uh, it's the Constitution of the United States of America. And you know, Washington, D.C. is not a state. As much as I'd like to cut it loose and let it float out there, <laughs> is still in the United States of America. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Kevin in New York. Kevin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Kevin, New York. Hello? We're talking about the care the veterans are getting. Yes, sir. Sure. Go ahead. Years ago, I had a neighbor that was a veteran mm-hmm. with a, a bad leg with a circulation, gangrene, Ooh. diabetic smoker. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, they show they were going to cut his leg off. His doctor, he said, shall I go to the VA to have him do it there? And his doctor up here says, stay clear of that place. Damn right. The you reason- want him to uh, get involved with that mess with them operating on him. Right, because they they just don't care. It doesn't matter to the VA if you live or die. They still get paid anyway. Kevin, thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. And that's the problem with socialized medicine. More coming up. This is your show, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, and it is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com, where you can get interactive with all kinds of fun stuff. And don't forget, you can listen to live streams, uh, grab archives, and more. It's all for free at freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com and read some of the real testimonials and find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Continuing with your phone call, let's talk to Vince in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Hey, Vince. How are you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind? Oh, not much. I was just, you know, you guys talk about your, your one little pre-advertising clip there for uncivil liberties. And one of the things that we should really be concerned about, I was listening to this, what might be mind- boring, but some of the oral arguments that they were trying to do about the military tribunals commission that was passed in 1906. Mm-hmm. And where the Congress only conducted a voice vote. Yeah, the uh, Military Commissions get- Act, which authorizes the government to basically snatch people up off the streets uh, and put them in military brigs with no charges uh, that are public, at least, uh, no trial that's public. Uh, they essentially a star chamber, a military tribunal, and uh, all you have to do is be labeled an unlawful enemy combatant. Uh, this is all, uh, as I recall, uh, by the, the president and his panel of advisors. So pretty much if they don't like you, Vince, they can just say, you're an unlawful enemy combatant, and you're coming with us. And that's okay, completely yeah. legal okay. now. And see, and then they can apply it very widely, you know, say, for the war on drugs. To whom, whomever they want. Driving, you know, you name your... You're poison, and we're going to fight it for you, and then we're going to pluck you off the street if we think you're... They've, they've done it to American citizens. I don't see why they, um, you know, people wouldn't be concerned the, they could do it to them. Illegal drugs, what they call illegal drugs, that hold them in prison. Well, yeah, they've already they been spending the last few years, Vince, they've been spending the last several years um, advertising on television and radio saying that if you buy illegal drugs, you're supporting terrorism. So it's only just another step to say that, well, if you buy illegal drugs, you are a terrorist because you're supporting terrorism. And, of course, we all know that you're not really a terrorist, and uh, drug, most drug dealers aren't connected to terrorism. Uh, but it's the fact that drugs are illegal that allows criminals to actually make money off of them. But see, that's the, the 
things, and this goes back to one thing I read a lot. I don't know if you've heard of some of the other things, but uh, this gentleman, James Bolvar, he talks about this president is, wants to get rid of trial by jury. He absolutely does, and he, he just he's it just keeps it. just keeps getting worse. We've actually read a few James Bovard things on this show, and uh, he's a very good author. Highly recommend him. Uh, Vince, thanks for the call. Good hearing from you as always. You can get more of uh, James Bovard stuff at uh, LewRockwell.com. It gets published there from time to time. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. In other news, according to the let's see, uh, Fox Twelve in Oregon, KPTV. The Multnomah County Sheriff's Office has launched an investigation into allegations that a local corrections deputy bragged about using a taser gun on people in an Internet chat room. Hmm. Now, this goes back to a call earlier that we had with this attitude of certain people in the military and and the police departments, the attitude that, well, we should be able to carry firearms, but none of you little people should be able to. It's sort of this us-versus-them mentality, uh, we're better than you. This ties right into that. Fox 12's news partner, the Portland Tribune, was first to break the story. Now authorities at the Justice Center jail want to know if the same deputy, identified as David B. Thompson, also filed a false police report to cover up the beating of an inmate. Lieutenant Jason Gates of the Multnomah County Sheriff's Office says he's appalled at the alleged online comments of the county corrections officer. According to Gates, Thompson used a county work computer to play the online video game City of Heroes while on the job. Isn't that a a superhero? I I believe. Uh, He was on the job at the time, Mark, playing uh, video games. Well, This is what your tax dollars are paying for. You don't have to tell me. I've uh, seen plenty of uh, on-the-job bureaucrats of all uh, stripes playing video games. Now, while apparently he was in the game, he boasted about the joy he gets hurting people in jail while he was in the chat room. Mm. According to the Portland Tribune article in Friday's newspaper, the deputy using the screen name Trafalgar said, quote, Seeing someone get tasered is second only to pulling the trigger. Good lord. That is money. Puts a smile on your face. God, just that's sick. You, this should give you a real insight into the mentality of some of these cops. Now, not all cops are like this, but the fact is, the police have power over others. And when you have a position of power, people in search of it will go and get those positions. So inevitably... The police, the policing organizations will attract people like this man. He's Mm. not the only one. I can guarantee you that. We get story after story about this kind of stuff. Anyway, in another chat, because that's not all this guy said. In another chat, the article said that the deputy claimed, quote, I crushed a dude's eye socket from repeatedly punching him in it, and then I charged him with menacing and harassment of me. Good Lord. He took a plea to get away from me. He should have picked somebody else to try and fight. All we have is public trust, and what does it do to our public trust? It destroys it, said the police spokesperson. Gates said the eye socket incident matches a case from 2005 where Thompson claimed an inmate attacked him. Gates said a criminal investigation has been launched to see if the deputy lied in the initial police report. Gee, you think? Well, he's apparently... uh Claiming to, right there. Portland Tribune reporter Nick Brudnick said, or Budnick said, the post suggests that the guy gets off on violence and he enjoys tasering people. Budnick said that according to Trafalgar's online chat, the deputy has posted more than 1,700 messages on the City of Heroes website since January. At one point, he allegedly posted 64 messages in 24 hours. I wonder if he's playing as a supervillain as opposed to a superhero. Can you do that in that game? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. According to Budnick, in some of the posts, Thompson bragged about only playing the game at work. 
here's, <laughs> here's a public servant getting paid with public money, spending a significant amount of his shift playing video games. If the deputy is found guilty, Gates says he could be fired and prosecuted criminally. So, as of right now, he still has his job. Hmm. <laughs> it's just amazing, isn't it? Makes you wonder what's going to happen. 800-259-9231. So, again, the, you know, the law enforcement corruption, you, just reading the news articles, you're only uncovering the tip of the iceberg. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the good guys in law enforcement. But the fact is, it's not just a few bad apples. In fact, let's go to the corrupt cop stories from this week to uh, <laughs> check in on a few other scumbags. This from the Drug War Chronicle at StopTheDrugWar.org in Casper, Wyoming. A Wyoming Highway Patrol officer was fired for calling in a false tip. Now, this is creative. This is Usually it's just taking drugs from people, but this is pretty creative. He called in a false tip to the DUI hotline, pretending that he was just some regular person on the road, right? Mm-hmm. So he could have a pretext for pulling over and searching a vehicle that he knew to be carrying a large amount of cash. Trooper Ben Peach, 36, was fired last month for filing a bogus report on the April 7th incident. A DEA agent made a second false DUI hotline report, giving Officer Peach reason to be out on I-80 at 3 a.m. searching for a silver pickup truck carrying a driver, a DEA informant, and eight duffel bags filled with cash. Peach found the truck, searched it, and the money was seized by the DEA. Neither the driver nor the passenger were arrested. The federal government said the fraud will have no impact on its efforts to keep the $3.3 million cash seized during the traffic stop. No word on any disciplinary action for the lying DEA agent. So, so the, there was an undercover DEA guy in a car. They don't, you know, they were going to a drug deal or whatever. Maybe they were just coming from one. Either way, they had a bunch of cash. He somehow alerted his DEA buddies to the situation. They made a false, uh, a false call, as did this particular cop who made a false call to justify pulling over a car that otherwise wasn't breaking any laws. Right, and would be illegal to pull over. Right. Then the DEA comes in. They search the car. They take the $3.3 million in cash. Now, since when is having $3.3 million illegal? Since it's over $10,000. But... There's no reason for that. The reason is money laundering, Mark. There's drug dealers I mean, out there, and we got to stop these folks. They're and I wonder if it was $3.3 million or some of that miss, um, ended up missing. Yeah, it could have been 3.6, could have been 4.2. No telling. Uh, so the government gets to keep the cash, even though the search was completely illegal, completely based on fraud and false pretenses. It's just amazing. More on the way. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want, even in these remaining moments. It's the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only a few moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we're inviting you to enjoy all the features there for free. Because... In my opinion, that's the way a good talk show website should be. Free. Of course, most talk show hosts disagree, but that's their problem. So enjoy all that stuff. And if you like the show, then go buy some Free Talk Live stuff at our store. store Store.freetalklive.com. T-shirts, hats, uh, DVD, classic archive collector sets. um, All kinds of different hats, by the way. We've got the just standard-looking hat with the regular bill, kind of baseball cappy-looking sort of hat. Uh, there's also different styles. Uh, there's the color block cap with the spiffy little white stripes on it. You've got like one that. of those, Mark. 
and then there's also the regular cap is available in two colors. It's yellow and black. Plus, we've got beanie caps, which uh, one of them's embroidered. The other one's woven. So, again, different colors available on the embroidered cap, yellow and black, Free Talk Live, yellow and black. Uh, lots of different things to choose from here, and the prices are reasonable. Quality is high. Highly recommend you head over to store.freetalklive.com. And by the way, uh, we are currently in talks about a special holiday offer for the store. So uh, that is coming soon, probably as early as Monday night. Uh, if you're on the updates list, you'll be the first to know when that sale starts. So get on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. In fact, what it might be is something a little bit more special than a sale. I can't say more. I really shouldn't. I always say too much in advance. Mark? Movies, lingerie, marital aids, adameve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to adameve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off at adameve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. Again, just a few moments remaining here. Finish up a a couple more uh, corrupt cop stories. This from StopTheDrugWar.org. In Boston, a Massachusetts state police officer was arrested November 29th for selling cocaine. Trooper John Foley, who's 62, has been a member of the department for 36 years. He's accused of selling cocaine in Saugus on October 11th. He faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted. Now, I'd like to say that the war on drugs needs to be ended, just needs to be over, and uh, cocaine would then at that point no longer be being sold by police officers or criminals. It would be being sold in the marketplace, in, you know, pharmacies and stores and that sort of thing where it belongs. It belongs being marketed by businessmen, not crooks. And if the we ended the war on drugs, then these cops would actually have to be out solving real crimes and catching real criminals who are actually hurting other people instead of just people trying to get high. So I think it's important to point that out. I don't really think this guy should be going to jail for 20 years because I don't think anybody who sells cocaine... It's a life or, sentence at his age. Right. I don't think anybody who sells cocaine or marijuana or LSD or ecstasy or any of that stuff should go to jail because the war on drugs just needs to end. However... Considering the cop's job is to catch the drug dealers, when a cop gets caught for doing that exact crime, it certainly does seem like poetic justice for him to spend a little time in the pokey. Well, you know, um, it's how how many years on the force was he? Thirty six. Now he got caught after thirty six years. What did he do besides um, sell cocaine? I mean, what did he? How did he use his power to be able to you know put put his little put himself in business? Those yeah, are the right. kind of things that bother me. Right. How many customers does he have? How well, long did has he, he been doing did he, it? What did he steal out of the evidence room? How, uh, you know, mm-hmm. how, many people, how many people did he shake down, take their cocaine, let them go? And sell it on, on his own. How many people did he arrest and uh, only report half of it? Whatever. Un- there's th- no, I'm sure many of these cops will never tell all of their stories, so it'll all just be, be up to speculation. Well, there's more, though. There's always more stories. By the way, these come in every single week, and we don't always read them just because we don't get to have time. And There's so many corrupt cops. In Nashville, Indiana, a former Nashville police officer went on trial last week on drug dealing charges. Former officer Robert Easterday Jr., 33, was indicted in April of 2006 on seven counts, including dealing in cocaine, dealing in a Schedule II controlled substance, attempting dealing in a Schedule I controlled substance, and others. Of the charges, there are three Class B felonies, one's a Class C, two Class Ds, and the last a Class A misdemeanor. Easterday's downfall began when his service-issue pistol turned up in the possession of a convicted felon, resulting in an investigation by the Brown County Sheriff's Office and the Indiana State Police who into his broader activities that turned up the dope-dealing evidence. 
In Jacksonville, Florida, a U.S. Border Patrol agent pleaded guilty last Friday to one count of marijuana distribution. Now remember, these are the same guys that you think are going to keep immigrants out? You anti-immigration zealots out mm, there? Yeah. You think the Border Patrol is going to keep immigrants out when it's illegal to come here? Sort of like it's illegal to have drugs, and if it's illegal, that means it's worth a lot on the black market to actually get someone here? You can bet that many of these Border Patrol agents that would also bring a pound of marijuana over are more than likely going to be working on bringing a you know, car full of Hispanics across the border or immigrants across the border. Just wait. Just wait for you. You know, go ahead, build your walls. Build your walls and build up, you know, beef up the enforcement division there at the Border Patrol and put 20 times as many Border Patrol members down there on the border. You won't do anything to dent immigration into this country. I think, I think that you'll, uh, it'll, it'll change the way immigrants come they'll in. They'll just dig more but tunnels. they're coming from and... China. They're, I mean, a wall, big, fat, hairy deal. They've got the Pacific yeah. Ocean, yep. and it's not stopping them. So just as an example of, you know, again, when products and services, and in, this, in the case of immigration, people, when all of those things are made illegal, it creates an incentive in the black market. For people in positions of power, like the Border Patrol, like the police, like the state police, like the DEA, to break the law, to flaunt the law, and to use their positions of power in order to conceal their activities and profit. Because, boy, can you profit in the black market. You bring somebody across the border, they're your slave. That's why they call these people coyotes Mm. that bring people across the border. They essentially enslave people for a certain price, and then once they pay that price back, then they're free. Then they, you know, they're free to, to roam about the country or whatever. But until then, they're owned by the black marketeers that bring them across the border. That's how much they want to come here. They're willing to sell themselves into, into slavery. Selling themselves into indentured servitude? Well, that, that's how people came to this country in the first place. A lot of people sold themselves into indentured servitude. And I don't think there's particularly anything wrong with it. But what's wrong with it is that we have laws that prevent people from coming here. People that want to create a better life for themselves, that want to work hard, that want to supply their family with uh, you know, the, the, the better earning potential they have here, mm-hmm. and liberty and freedom that that the United States is supposed to represent. So let's talk about what agent Border Patrol agent Tony Hollywood Henderson, who's 46, admitted to selling three pounds of marijuana to a dealer named Pablo Fernandez and an informant. Fernandez also went down, is now doing 20 months in prison. Henderson was also accused of dealing at least six more pounds to others in the area. No word on what the informant got out of it, but Henderson now faces up to five years in federal prison. Mm. Now, he's slinging around pounds like, oh, no problem, three pounds here, six pounds over there. If you could just pick up six pounds and go out and sell it, you know where there's 200 more. Mm. Mm-hmm. In New York City, a former NYPD officer has been sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. Former officer Jose Torado pleaded guilty to participating in a drug trafficking conspiracy in 2006 and admitted helping his brother, Edwin Torado, distribute large quantities of cocaine and marijuana in the New York City metropolitan area. He went down along with several other defendants when Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agents seized 135 kilos of cocaine hidden in the false wall of a truck in the Bronx. 800-259-9231. You're welcome to comment on those stories. Oh, I don't think they'll get a call in in this amount of time. Well, you never know. In the meantime, we give you a few interesting statistics about voters. And what do they know anyway? What do American people know about their government? I imagine not a whole lot. Well, from an uh, excerpted from the Advocates Liberator Online at theadvocates.org and the New Yorker magazine, the political knowledge of the average voter in America has been tested repeatedly. And the scores are impressively low. 
In polls taken since 1945, a majority of Americans have been unable to name a single branch of government. Majority of Americans. Wow. Is that a majority of Americans or voters? Well, it says a majority of Americans. Okay. Uh, So, but the fact is, a good amount of Americans vote. Yeah. So. They get all whipped up, whatever fervor there is, election time. And that's one of those things that I understand government, government school doesn't do that great of a job at doing anything. But one of the things I do remember learning in government school were the three branches of government. Yeah. Because government school does teach you a little bit about government. They want you to respect Execu- it and worship exec- it. Executive, legislative, and judicial. Just in case you, got it. you were wondering. Uh, more than two-thirds. Oh, by the way, they can't, uh, they can't name a single branch of government or explain what the Bill of Rights is. Just so you know, the Bill of Rights is a list of... The first of, ten amendments? Right. The first ten amendments, and it's a list of the rights that the government is supposed to protect. Mm. It's not a list of government's well, rights. It's limitations on the government. Correct. It tells the government you can't violate these things. Not to stuff them. Here's some more statistics. More than two-thirds have reported they don't know the substance of Roe versus Wade and what the Food and Drug Administration does. Nearly half of Americans do not know that states have two senators and three-quarters... The Food and Drug Administration? I mean, how, how inventive <laughs> do you have to be to figure out what the Food and Drug Administration does? Uh, also, they don't know the length of a Senate term. And finally, more than 50% of Americans can't name their congressman. 40% can't name either one of their senators. We will be back Monday night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And I wish people didn't have to know that crap. I wish there were no government around. Yeah, I wish there were that important. Uh, We'll see you Monday night. Join us online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. And have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 